This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 165 of the Laravel News Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We are so excited to be back and sharing the news. And we want to, before we do that, give a quick shout out to our sponsors for this episode, Scout APM, as well as Honey Badger back in the mix. Man, we are so glad uh, for both of these sponsors. This is the first time I think we've had a two-sponsor show so this is a mile this is a milestone here and milestone uh, for us yeah for yeah sure. absolutely thanks scout apm and honey badger for sponsoring so we'll be talking about them a little bit later but it is late tonight uh i am leaving for a conference tomorrow morning i was packing and totally missed the window <laughs> of time we were supposed to <laughs> record at so mr dorinda with you know like five different methods you know telegram and and text messages and all the other things, you know, we had, you know, a cannon string, all that good stuff. He's like, hey, dude, <laughs> Everything. by the way, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you can just like, I can just send you a text message now. Dude, isn't that funny? I know. It is weird. Doing the, is weird. Doing the iMessage thing, which is, which is handy. Because uh, yep. I know that typically that you respond to when Telegram gets silenced at night. So Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So we... We, Michael put together the notes and it's late, so we're going to make this one quick. So we're going to jump right into it. We've got releases starting with Laravel 9.7. So they, the Laravel team released Laravel 9.7.0 with a where in route parameter, constraint method, a string squish helper, JSON path query enhancements, and more. So let's start with the query builder, where belongs to that accepts collections. So Eric Gall contributed this ability to pass a collection to the where belongs to method in the query builder. So previously what you'd have to do is query where belongs to, and then you'd set category. Uh, you know, if you had an array of categories, you'd say category zero, and then you say, or where belongs to category one, or where belongs to category two, right? You kind of go through those different indexes, right? Or you could do query where in category ID, right? For all of these category IDs. And then you could say, grab this collection of categories that I have, and then just grab out the model keys. But now in uh, 9.7, you can see where belongs to, and then you can just pass in a collection. There you go. You pass in your categories collection and you're all set. Or if you need to grab off a particular key, uh, you can pass that as the second parameter, I believe. So categories, and then as the second parameter, category. Just grab that category key and it will say where it belongs to one of those. So pretty cool. Uh, thanks, Eric. Good contribution there. We have database queries containing JSON paths. Uh, support array index braces. So Derek, Derek McDonald contributed support for array index braces in database queries containing JSON paths. So if you have a table uh, that is a JSON table, for example, or it contains like some JSON column, you can say where column arrow JSON option zero equals foo, right? So then you can also update that column, you know, update and then bracket column json option zero and then pass in the value that you want to update to that too uh yeah and and previously i feel like there i know when i'm doing this in raw sql it's not an easy thing i have to look it up every time that i have to do this where i have to query <laughs> for a json value or update a json value in a payload um and so this makes it really nice to be able to do that uh, really simple syntax so thank you Derek mcdonald for contributing that 
And you can now put those array index braces right in your query. So nice, very nice. We've got this routing event fires before a route is matched. So Tim Roberson contributed a routing event. This will fire before the router attempts to find a matching route. So this allows developers to access the request immediately before routing. If that's something you would need to do before it even routes, go ahead and do this particular thing. You can now do that. Um, okay, we've got a route where in parameter constraint method at propaganistas, propaganistas contributed a where in route parameter constraint method. This can be used to match a route param against an array of allowed values. So you could say route get slash foo slash, and then in your curly braces, you'd say maybe bar, right? That's the thing you're going to be passing in. And then as a fluent argument on the end of that, you can say where in, and then you can pass a set of values. So you can say where that bar value that I'm passing in is equal to an array of values. So it'll only match on one of these. Now, I think you can do something similar with like a regex. I think you can have like a pattern match there where you can sort of reject something that doesn't match a pattern. Um, but, you know, I think as I've been in just programming for a while, I think that <laughs> there are people who don't like to do regex and have never had to do so because there's always an abstraction that they can use instead mm -hmm. of it. And so this is one of those abstractions, right? For the people who don't really care to learn regex and it's not really worth their time, um, you know, or they don't need it, now you can just do this where in uh, values. So that's pretty nice. So uh, nice job, propagandistas. I'm wondering if that's a word in a different language, propagandistas, or like Possibly. a mashup of two words or something. Who knows? Okay, a couple more here. We've got batch job delay for Beanstalked and SQS queues. So Omara, omar.a, contributed the ability to use batch jobs delay. So before this PR contribution, SQS and Beanstalked ignored delay time when sending messages to the queue. And now they consider the delay as expected. So you can say uh, bus batch and you can get ready to import a large batch of something. And then you can say delay on the end of that. And with SQS and Beanstalked, it will now honor that delay, whereas previously it would not. Dwight Watson contributed a squish string helper to remove all extra blank space from a given string. Extra is in quotes there because we're gonna, I'm assuming we're going to explain what that means. There's a couple examples from the pull request uh, tests to get an idea of what squish does. So if you were to pass in Laravel PHP framework with a space on either side, it would uh, remove those values for the space on either side. So it seems sort of like a trim in that case to me. Um, in this case, uh, the second one, you have uh, Laravel with two tabs and then PHP and two new lines and framework, which when you use Squish, removes those tabs and removes those new lines and replaces them with just spaces. So it will, um, I think, just take any of those values and strip those out, replacing them with spaces. And the same thing if you actually had Laravel, PHP, and Framework on three separate lines. So with line returns in there in between each one of them, you call string squish on that and we'll remove those line returns and just squish them into a nice spaced string. Uh, so if you find yourself needing something like that, it could be handy. So thank you very much, Dwight Watson. Okay, one more here. Nope, two more. Query Builder where JSON contains key. Derek McDonald contributed a where JSON contains key method. It supports checking for array integer keys and it supports SQLite. So here's some examples. You have table users where JSON contains key and then you can pass in 
a set of languages maybe so you can say where the json column that we have here the options languages um, value is contained inside that payload so you can do that uh, you can see where json doesn't contain a key so you can say you know look for these keys and see if it exists and if it doesn't then include those ones um, and they have a couple other ones as well using that similar that we were talking about up above um, the array syntax like that bracket syntax you can use uh, you can use those values too to check to see if there is a key that is set for that particular index on that json column so um yeah working with json in these in these columns seems to be getting more and more common i know i'm doing it in at least a couple projects and it's nice to have these new query builder methods uh so you don't have to write mm -hmm. it on your own it's nice and tested and it's um much prettier than doing it on your own for sure. So yeah, there definitely. You go. Mm -hmm. We've got one more by Omar A, which is dispatch batch after a response. So he contributed, I'm assuming it's a he, it could be a she, contributed the ability to dispatch a batch after the response is sent to the user. So you can queue up a batch to run and then you can say then once all the jobs are completed or catch and then finally, and then at the very end, you can say dispatch this after a response. So it's not to just cues it there, it just waits, and then you send a response to the user and then it fires off the batch. I'm not sure exactly why that would be useful other than to say, um, you know, it's one of those deals where you want to have a snappy UI. Um, so you're wanting to return a response to the user. And apparently in this case, you're wanting to also do the queuing of all the batches in that same location instead of dispatching that to somewhere else. So if you wanted to only dispatch these values after the response had been returned, then you can do that now. So that's kind of cool. That's uh, interesting. So that's 9.7. That is a lot. Holy cow. That was a lot. A big, lot of big stuff chunky there. releases, these minor ones now. Indeed. Indeed they are. Okay, so with that out of the way, 9.8. Over to you. Yeah, bit of a bit of a slim jim, this one. Laravel 9.8. Uh, this was released with the ability to access default form data from an eloquent model you set custom log levels per exception type and discovering anonymous components in additional paths, which is nice. Um, so previously, if you wanted to use the old helper, for those of you who have been around, this is useful in your, if, you, if you're still doing just like regular posts to a blade view and, and redirecting back if there's errors, you used to use the old um, global helper and you would pass it. The first parameter would be the name of a um, form input and then if you wanted to use the, if you wanted to fall back to a model, for example, if, it, if you were editing, you would previously have to say like old name, comma, user arrow mm -hmm. name. Yeah, I remember that. Where now, where now you can say old um, name, comma, and then just pass in the user model. Nice. And the helper will figure out that it needs to grab the name attribute from the user model, which is nice. Uh, this one was contributed by Andrew R. Scott. Uh, next up, Tom Witkowski contributed the ability to customize the log level for reported exceptions in the exception handler. So this is by introducing a protected levels array, which takes as its first or as its key rather, a uh, an exception class string. Uh, and then as the value, you pass in the log level that you wanted to report at. So thanks to Tom for that one. Next up, Ralph J. Smith contributed the ability to discover anonymous blade components and additional paths. This is helpful if you are using some kind of um, 
like domain based structure or if you're including blade views in a package and you don't want to necessarily publish the anonymous components you can now in the boot method of a service provider say blade colon colon anonymous component namespace and then give it a path where to uh, to locate those uh, and also from Ralph Smith this is a new set factory method so this is uh, added to your model factories and it allows you to uh, set a single model attribute on a factory value. So if you're, um, you know, previously would have to do eloquent, uh, whatever your model like user colon colon factory are a create, and then you'd pass an array to set you know, whatever override values you want. This mm-hmm. allows you to call, you know, using user colon colon factory arrow set key comma value and then create, um, which is, you know, just a little bit simpler, a little bit cleaner. Um, use it if that is something that you are interested in. But that is that is it for, for this release compared to the bigger one that was 9.7. I'm curious on that log levels. I've never really, I don't think I've ever used, um, ever used those. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure I understand exactly what he's talking about here. So, so I mean, the log levels are useful in, in production. Typically you might set your, your like log level where you actually oh, write sorry. things to yes. a log. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you might set in, obviously in, in development, you're just setting it debug. You want you want to see everything. Sure. Yep. In staging, you might want to set it to warning or something like that. And then in production, you might only want to um, log critical things. And this allows you to like just litter your application code with log everywhere. And then using the different log levels, you could say like put all your debug everywhere, put all of your warnings everywhere, put all of your notices and things like that everywhere, and then control on a per environment level whether you actually want to see those. So all of the debugging would still be there um, and it just, you know, it wouldn't log unless your environment was set for for that level. And that makes it incredibly useful to just go in and update your environment file, you know, recache your configuration. And then, you know, if you need to toggle sort of debugging on and off, rather than having to to make changes, push a commit, wait for CI to run, push that, deploy that, then go and see it. You could just have this there all the time and then just specify different levels that, that you actually want to report those events to whatever your logging channel is. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, if you like... So for me, I've had problems with my, if I updated my ENV, recache my config, I've had like stale values still in there before. Like mm-hmm. I've had to restart PHP FPM before. So just quick tip on that so if you you know change your env recache the config it still might be a good idea to just restart php fpm it might still be holding on to some of those values um and you could be banging your head against a wall for a while on that one so word to the wise try that out too okay moving on to news here we've got base code by jason mccurry this is a field guide containing real world practices to help you write code that's less complex and more readable. So this week, Jason announced that the book is now free for everyone. So Jason wrote base code a few years ago to take some of the tips that he'd learned over his 20 years of programming into 10 practices for writing more readable code. Uh, He's also had talks on some of this stuff, um, but now the book is 
free and it was previously, you know, for sale. He had it out there and and it's really beautifully illustrated. I love how he has like the call outs and the different pieces of code to show this is how I would do this. This is how I would refactor mm-hmm. this. And so um, the fact that he's making it free is is awesome. So the base code light kit contains the book, which is the PDF, the EPUB and Mobi formats and code samples for free once you register. You can also purchase the mid and full kits, which include the audio versions of base code and other premium offerings. So it, it, base code really focuses on code readability and other skills around writing clean, maintainable code for humans, right? We write code not for machines, but for humans. So mm-hmm. it prioritizes that. Uh, it tries to help you avoid code rot with analysis and automation, things like uh, PHP Stan. Uh, untangling nested code to improve visual honesty and reduce reader overhead. There's a bunch of good stuff here, but basically refactoring and writing really good code. So uh, from somebody who's been there and who has worked alongside large teams uh, for long periods of time and had, as you know, has had to sort of wrangle code uh, that maybe he has written or hasn't written uh, over a long period of time. So a lot of really useful and insightful tips here for free now. Thanks very much, Jason, for making that free. And of course, um, if you have not yet used any of his other products like Laravel Shift, which is quite freaking amazing, you should check that out while you're at it. Okay. Thanks, Jason. Uh, Speaking of amazing features and tooling, Scout APM is application performance monitoring designed to help PHP developers like you, my dear listener, quickly find and fix performance issues without having to deal with the headache or overhead of enterprise platform feature below. With a developer-centric UI and tracing logic that ties bottlenecks to source code, Scout helps you quickly pinpoint and resolve performance abnormalities like N plus one queries, slow database queries, and memory bloat. This means that you can spend less time debugging and more time building. And with Scout's real-time alerting and weekly digest emails, you can rest easier knowing that Scout's on watch to help you resolve performance issues before your customers ever see them. You can give Scout a try today with a 14-day free trial and experience firsthand why PHP developers the world around call Scout their best friend. For Laravel News listeners, Scout will donate $5 to the open source project of your choice when you deploy. You can learn more at scoutapm.com forward slash Laravel News. Thanks to Scout APM for sponsoring the show. And I have to say, it is very easy to get started with Scout. So, I mean, we're talking 10 minutes or less. It makes it really, Mm -hmm. really simple. You install it, you configure it, and your way you go. And you're getting insights really quickly into your code. And like I said, like, um, you know, those N plus one queries, those things that you don't see until you ship to production that end up being slow and they end up getting reported by users. And when they do, you sort of, you know, oh, I didn't realize that. Right. So don't mm-hmm. make your users be your reporting mechanism. Use something like Scout APM and get ahead of it before they have to tell you that. Awesome. Hey, you know what? Actually, um, Michael, I was counting through. And so I can do the next sponsor read. I'm going to have you take this next one. And also, you have a bit more experience with Laravel, or I'm sorry, with DynamoDB than I do. Uh, you have used this a couple times. Yeah. What What was the solution that uh, you ended up using this for? Like, what was the problem and why did DynamoDB end up being the solution? Uh, I mean, DynamoDB I was using because it's kind of like the AWS native thing for caching and, sure. and key value stores and things like that. Um, and and as a result, it's like built for high availability and, and fast reads and writes and things like that. So we're using it to... Um, right to cache to sort of like when we when we receive an influx of HTTP requests rather than trying to query the database which has overhead of connectivity and things like that and it's like it is slower it's just that's just the nature of um, MySQL um, we we put a whole bunch of things into Dyna, DynamoDB as the cache which then means like we just check the cache to see is this thing there 
and then we can just kick a job to the queue rather than querying the database to find out like does this user exist does this um resource exist does this uh user have a does this user's owner have a an active subscription and things like that and so the the whole key to all of that is that DynamoDB provides sub millisecond response times so you expect for it to be very fast um and then the slower stuff that that does need to contact the database that needs to read and write and, and make changes and things like that that just gets pushed into you know into a queue to get dealt with whenever you know whenever it gets done and that way you kind of funnel through and control how much is actually talking to your database at once so that's a uh, painful discovery that one was but it's it's amazing how how simple it is um and and you know that is just scratching the surface of of what it is so we're, we're just using dynamo db as the case driver and then laravel handles everything else transparently for us but this particular thing this is a laravel dynamo db eloquent models with the query builder so this allows you to use dynamo db based eloquent model and query builder um functionality for laravel and using the provided dynamo driver models can extend the eloquent base model and there are a few examples from the readme uh, of queries and operations that you expect that you can expect using the package. So this is um, basically using DynamoDB as as the backing for your eloquent models, and then you get sort of all of those performance benefits of um, of like having a much quicker read and write. Um, I don't I don't know how how you go about using this at scale or anything like that, but this this allows you to specify um, your tables, your partition keys. Um, the name of any sort keys if you're doing that and then um, well obviously your fillable properties and so on and so forth and it and allows you to just use the the query builder um, you know the 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 functionality that we're familiar with you know the API that that's available as part of eloquent or um, or the query builder itself and then allows you to run you know filters and and queries and conditional expressions and all of that kind of stuff um, just to keep things really quick quick and uh, you know, if you've got something where you don't really want a database, then then you can use this. Um, definitely, definitely check this one out. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes. Absolutely. Okay, this next package that we have allows you to add things like likes or bookmarks or favorites or reactions or stuff like that to your Laravel applications. So this is called Laravel Markable. It's a package to integrate those things uh, and custom-made marks in addition into your application. So the basic usage is you just add a markable trait and you have a bunch of different types of marks that you can have for a given model. So if you have like a course or something, you could have likes uh, and it includes things like add the like, remove the like, toggle the like, does it have a like, count the number of likes it has. And then you could do something like give me all of the courses that a particular user has liked. So if the user wanted to see, show me all the stuff that I like, you could do it that way. It also includes various other types of marks out of the box, like bookmarks and favorites and reactions. Uh, Or you can build things like a custom model, like a pledge that would allow a user to pledge a donation to a cause or something like that. So on the other side of adding a like for a user, you might want to list all likes for that given user so they can see what courses they'd like. And with with this package, all you do is you'd say course, where has like, and then you just pass in the user and you'd call get. And that would grab all of the likes for that uh, particular user, all the courses that have likes from that user or uh, post where has reaction, pass in the user and say where they reacted with like a heart or a thumbs up or a mind blown. Double thumbs up, yeah. Double thumbs up. Yeah, so you can get uh, full instructions for installing that in the show notes. But this is a cool one. I 
this is like that stuff that you never want to have to reinvent. There's all the little gotchas, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like yeah. with reactions specifically too, right? You add a reaction and you want to change your reaction or you want to remove your reaction. How do you handle that? Um, that sort of stuff. So yeah, it looks yeah. pretty cool and it looks really well done. So thank you very much for whoever was behind that one. Let me go take a look real fast. Wonderful, remarkable maze tech maze hmm. tech. Yeah. Looks pretty good. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, moving on. Uh, speaking of nice ones, Stalwart Guide Generator for Tail CSS is a new project from Beyond Code that automatically generates style guides from a Tailwind configuration file. You can either paste the content of your Tailwind config.js file or load the file from a URL. And once you've generated a style guide based on your config, you can share it with others. And there is a example style guide based on the Tailwind CSS website included. Um, that's, that's it. That's the tweet. As they say, you can generate your style guide today by visiting styleguidefortailwind.com. Uh, thanks to Marcel and our friends at Beyond Code for that one. Nice. Okay. We're over into the tutorials section now. And the first one we've got here is Laravel Livewire 14 tips and tricks. And this is brought to us by, uh, Pavilis, uh, who is a prolific, uh, vlogger. He puts out a new YouTube video every day and has for a long time. So he's got a ton of experience. Um, he admits Laravel LiveWare is a great tool to achieve dynamic behavior on the page without writing any JavaScript code. And like any tool, similar to Laravel, has a lot of hidden gems in its official docs and then practical extra tips provided by the developers who use it every day. So here are some of the things. He has no render needed, components and subfolders, components and non-default folder, renaming or moving components, changing default component templates, um, some tips for when you should and shouldn't create a method to set values, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Three ways to minimize server requests, customize validation attributes, loading indicators, offline indicators, pagination with bootstrap, no mount, automatic route model binding, et cetera. So, a lot of good stuff here. If you end up using Livewire for your uh, projects, this would be a good one to take a look at. I'm sure there are some tips you could definitely pick up in here. And I am going to share it with my dev team right now. So mm. thanks, Pavilis. Nice job. Yeah, I do like that that very first one that was mentioned there about the no render method. Um, you know, if you follow the conventions, everything just works. So you don't have to worry about mm. a method for the sake of, you know, doing something that's conventional. So Very true. Yep. This is where convention over configuration is your friend. Uh, another another post here we've got, I think this one's also from Pavilis, if I am not mistaken. This one goes into um, learning how to start testing in Laravel with simple examples using both, either, uh, PHP unit and PEST. Uh, it goes into the very, very important question of why you need automated tests and how to write your first automated test. Um, I think PEST PHP has kind of brought to the forefront a lot of conversation around like where to start testing totally. and the simplicity of that, I think Luke Downing has put out a few tweets and a bit of content around getting those first kind of tests up and running. And it's literally just putting tests out to make sure that your pages load. Like just make yeah. sure that you get a 200 yeah. okay on your welcome page or your about page or whatever else. Just so that gives you some experience in, in writing tests and what the, you know, what the kind of structure of the test is like. And then also to sort of give you that little um, dopamine hit of getting the the green the green test run. Yeah, get so, some momentum, yep. Yeah, um, and then talks about, you know, what to do if tests fail, how to kind of diagnose what happened. And then there's a, a simple real-life example which goes through the process of building and testing a registration form. Um, so definitely check that out. I think testing is is really nice. Um, 
I I've spent since I started my new job two of the last three months, I suppose, literally just writing tests. I've oh, written, wow. I haven't by hand written thousands of tests, but I'm nearly at 2000 tests where we had zero before. Um, that's awesome. And, and, and that's what I've been doing. And it, and it's like having the assurance. Yeah. So we're on Laravel yeah. six at the moment. So this is about having the assurance that when we do our Laravel seven and eight and nine upgrades, that things are not going to break. Yeah. And so, you know, doing it sort of after the fact, we spent a year writing the app sort of before I started. And now it's like, oh, we better go and test it because now we have that that paranoia and that paralysis about upgrading because we don't know that things will still be okay moving forward. And, you know, th- there's two mindsets that you kind of get in there. It's either you leave it and you just stay on Laravel 6 forever or you give your, yourself and your business and, and your application kind of the confidence to be able to just like make changes and upgrade your code and and, and be sure that things are still going to be working. So... There's, I mean, there's not no testing. This is a business critical application, and we a lot of it is uh, API. Like with the the back end is all open API, so it's just a giant API, which means the testing is nice because you never have yeah. to open a browser to right, to right. look at a UI. Um, we have a separate SPA that is tested. Like that's got some manual testing steps, and we're going to look at what to do with that later. But being able to know that like your application does what it says on the tin without ever opening the browser and to be able to run like thousands of tests um, just to, to give yourself that assurance is, is, is great. Um, yeah. That big and it took me a long time. Like, back. Yep. That's right. Uh, it took me a long time. Like I didn't really start testing until sort of six or seven years into my career. Um, yep. So, you know, if, if you're, if, you know, if you're not testing now, um, it's like the you know the saying about the tree. When was the best time to plant a tree? Yeah. Twenty years ago. 20 years when's ago. The, when's the next best time? You know now. This is the same thing with testing. Right. Like yeah. you know. So there's no and there's so much to learn when you're starting out programming. That testing is probably something that that you can kind of kick down the road because you got to you want to learn the fundamentals. You want to learn you know how to write HTML and CSS and and you know how to just make a, a page that like you you post to it and it's uh, put something in the database and and then you can see that content somewhere. So. Um, but but pest and and that kind of um you know the methodology and the framework around it just like it's built on top of PHP unit and this is you know there's no knock on PHP unit without that pest doesn't exist this but pest yeah. just kind of it gets rid of all the boilerplate there's it doesn't really make sense to have like an object you know classes and things like that in your test and it can be overwhelming to some people because you don't really know like what to do and where to where to pull it all from and how to structure it so pest just allows you to have like a flat PHP file and just put all of your expectations in there. So definitely check it out. Um, check out there's there's a lot of um, really approachable and beginner friendly stuff for PEST PHP. I know that Nuno spent a lot of time in the early days, and Luke Downing has spent a lot of time putting out a lot of good content. And um, he's spoken at, at at Laracon and Laracon Online as well about testing. So definitely um, sniff that content out and and follow those people because they've always got really interesting things to say about Absolutely. testing. Yeah, I mean. Here's the deal, right? Like even if you have the best tested code, you're still going to have errors, right? I mean, it's just it's just sort of like a fact of life because you can't anticipate mm-hmm. everything. And that's where something like Honey Badger comes in. Because let's face it, even the best developers are going to have errors. Even code written by amazing developers such as yourself are going to have errors. So when errors happen, it's nice to know that Honey Badger has your back. Honey Badger makes you a DevOps hero by combining error monitoring uptime monitoring, 
and check-in monitoring into a single easy-to-use platform. They send you alerts real-time with all the context that you need to see what's causing the error and where it's hiding so you can quickly fix it and get on with your day. The included uptime and cron monitoring also lets you know when your external services are having issues or your background jobs go missing or silently fail, even worse. Go to honeybadger.io and discover how Star, Josh, and Ben created a 100% bootstrapped monitoring solution. Why is that important, you might ask? Self-funding means they only answer to you, the developer, rather than a venture capital overlord. So go to honeybadger.io and check out Honey Badger today. Thanks, Honey Badger, for sponsoring the show. Before we move on, can I just say, there is no place for beginners or sensitive hearts when sentiment is left to chance. There is no place to be ending but somewhere to start. No need to ask. He's a smooth operator. That transition is just chef kiss. Hey, you smooth you know, operator. Yeah, I do what I can. I do what I can. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for my window smooth there. Smooth operator. <laughs> well, well, you threw these community links in here, so let's talk about these. Go let's ahead talk a, about it. Take a look. First at that one, one we have here. If uh, if you've never if you've never come across these before, these are really handy. Um, it's how to use soft deletes in Laravel. This is by Andrew Schmelian. Schmelian? Schmelian? I'm yeah, sorry, I Andrew. Think Schmelian. Yeah, you got it. I think Schmelian. Uh, he he works at Laracast, um, and so he has put out this uh, this video here. It's uh, it's ten minute one, uh, explaining what soft deletes are in Laravel and how to use them in an existing application. They're very useful um, if you if you kind of want to archive things, and and you don't necessarily want to delete them right away. We want to provide the ability to restore them from the database and things like that. So uh, definitely check this video out. I won't go into too much more detail on that, but uh, sit back and relax. Nice. We've got another one here by Ash Allen, which Ash Allen, um, I see his stuff pop up uh, on a semi-regular basis, and I always really like his stuff. I feel like he's got really good insights. So mm-hmm. in this one, he's talking about using query in Laravel Eloquent Queries. So uh, he recently put out a poll asking which variation of code Laravel, Laravel developers prefer to use. So sometimes you say user, and then you just jump right in. User colon colon where email is equal to this email get. And sometimes people use user colon colon query where email is equal to email and then get, right? So it just depends. And I feel like um, the the people that I know that end up using option two, a lot of times they do it to line up if they're going to be doing line returns, right? Mm-hmm. Instead, so like instead right. of having the where on the first line and then the rest of them, all you know, all their conditions sort of off a little bit, um, they use query and then they kind of line return and where and then also where in or where and date equals blah, 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 whatever, right? Um, so he kind of talks through here what the difference between the two is. So why would you use query versus why would you not use query? And again, the one that I said is listed here, which is improved visuals. So you might want to do it just for the sake of uh, you know, making your code look a little bit nicer, which has its values for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he also mentions that there's better IDE support in the case that you use query. Yeah, uh, it will return back for you like, oh, I understand that you're using a query builder here, so or eloquent query builder or whatever, and then you have this IDE, um, you know, help that will will do that. Yeah. There's also reasons for not using query, like cleaner and shorter code. So at the end of the day, really, it's up to you. But he shares a couple of reasons for why you might or might not use query. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's worth a read for sure. Definitely. Uh, the, the last one I have here is an article. Uh, it's actually on the Honey Badger blog. It's written oh, it by is. Darius Look D. And it talks about uh, job queues and workers in Laravel apps. So we spoke about 
you, you know, when we're talking about Dynamo, about the the stuff that I've been doing using Dynamo to kind of front um, my HTTP requests to kind sure, of stop yeah. them from from touching the database and then funneling all of that off to job queues and workers in Laravel. So this kind of dovetails on that um, and, and allows you to kind of read more about how that works in Laravel. Uh, and, and just on like the Honey Badger blog, they, I believe, I know that they used to, uh, I'm pretty sure that they still do. Um, you can you can submit articles and write write oh, for nice. Honey Badger, um, and and they they do pay their their writers. So if that's something that you've had some interest in and you want to, um, you know, make a bit of money for writing some good quality articles, then then perhaps reach out to the folks at Honey Badger. Very nice. Yes, indeed. And we love them because they're amazing and they sponsor us all the time. So go check this one mm-hmm. out. Thanks, Darius D. Appreciate that. All right, folks. Well, hey, this was episode 165 of the Laravel News Podcast. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us. You can find show notes for this episode at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 165. Of course, if you like the show, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be amazing. And if you have any questions or comments or just want to say, hey, hit us up on Twitter at Michael Dorinda or at Jacob Bennett or at Laravel News. Also, if you happen to use Telegram, uh, you can subscribe to the Laravel News Telegram channel where you will be notified of the latest articles that are being published. And I love that. I love that when I get a Telegram hit throughout the day, I'd be like, oh, yeah, there's this new article out there. And I get to see if it's something I'm interested in or not and just give a quick yeah. read or whatever. So, yeah, check that out, too. If you're interested, it's a, it's a pretty cool little feed that Eric keeps, keeps up to date. So Beautiful. Good stuff. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. We will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Bye.